It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. We have a lot to dive into, don't we? Saturday night did not go well for Tennessee. The Vols lost at Arkansas, and it was another embarrassing one for Tennessee. A game that Tennessee led at the half. A game that Tennessee was able to uh, control in the first half. But then came the third quarter. And like with other games this season, things fell apart in the third quarter for Tennessee. Coming out of the half... Tennessee has been awful this year and was again on Saturday. We'll get to that coming up on today's show. It's it's not an uplifting one. It's not a, an overly positive one. But also, I'm not going to beat you over the head with a bunch of stats that you probably know at this point or you've seen or you've heard uh, and that I some that I've tossed out already. Uh, it, it's getting worse. That There's no way around that. But uh, where does Tennessee go from here? We'll look at the state of the program. We'll look at the issues on Saturday night. In the first segment of the show, I'll talk more about the game with Arkansas's 24-13 win over Tennessee, and then we'll get into everything else. And today's show is presented by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. You'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt. You'll hear from former Tennessee defensive lineman Will Overstreet, who looks at Arkansas's program and looks at Tennessee's program and says, Here's the difference. So we'll get to that on today's show as well. And where does the program go from here? With four games remaining this season, a four-game losing streak currently with the Vols program, there's a lot to figure out and not a lot of time to do it. Tennessee had two weeks to get ready for Arkansas. And, you know, in the first half, Tennessee came out and controlled the game, as I mentioned. So it looked like Tennessee was prepared But everything crumbled from there. So we'll get to it here on Locked on Vols. I appreciate you being here. I really do. Locked on Vols is here five days a week, and I know it's a frustrating time. So if you took the time to download, you took the time to listen to the show, it means a lot that you'd be here today on Locked on Vols. So a game that went poorly, and there are a number of things that we can pull out in the second half that are you know, concerning. There's another decision in the fourth quarter that I just don't understand. Two weeks ago, coming out of the Alabama game, a game in which we knew that Tennessee would have to score touchdowns, already down 14 to nothing with a fourth and two play at Alabama's 15, Tennessee kicked a field goal. I said at the time, it was the wrong choice. It was a, a dumb decision because it didn't do Tennessee any good. It did nothing, literally, to help Tennessee win the game. So two weeks later, against Arkansas, fourth quarter, with Tennessee in a fourth and four spot with Harrison Bailey on the field, having not yet thrown a pass, he entered the game replacing Brian Maurer, and on every play, Bailey was handing the ball off until it's fourth and four. Again, it's an 11-point game. Jeremy Pruitt decides to go for it, and I do think there should have been pass interference called, but it's Harrison Bailey's first ever meaningful pass. He, he threw some against Kentucky a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, But those were not meaningful throws. That was a game that was decided by the time that he was out there. So in that spot, they go to Harrison Bailey and his arm when they should have kicked a field goal. This one's not complicated. You have less than six minutes to go in the game. You're down 11. It's fourth and four. You don't have realistically any confidence in your offense at that point. You kick the field goal to make it a one-possession game. Arkansas is kind of messing around on offense at that point. There's a chance you can force a turnover and get yourself in good position. After you kick the ball off, you have enough time to where even if they pick up a first down or two, you still have time to get the ball back and be able to drive down the field. 
But if you don't get it there, it remains a two-possession game. And as bad as Tennessee's offense had been up to that point, leaving Tennessee in a two-possession game was just a disastrous decision. By the way, if they picked up the fourth and four, they're still not guaranteed to score a touchdown. You still have a little more than 20 yards to go there. Uh, I guess a little less if that pass is completed. But also, here's something that's concerning. This was Jeremy Pruitt's answer after the game when he was asked by Vince Ferrara, why go for it on fourth and four instead of kicking the field goal? What would have been about a 42-yard field goal? Why go for it instead? We wasn't close enough. Didn't feel like. So, uh, you know, we, we felt like we had a good play there and, and um, you know, just didn't get it done. I'm not sure after the game if Jeremy Pruitt knew exactly where the ball had been because he said Tennessee wasn't close enough. Tennessee was plenty close enough. Earlier in the game, Brent Samaglia had made kicks from 50 and 48 yards out. This would have been shorter than either one of those and well within Samaglia's range. And Jeremy Pruitt did say that he had been dealing with some kind of uh, injury issue, but that did not affect him earlier in the game. So that, that does not affect this situation it's just the wrong choice he made the wrong decision and uh, that's you know that's after seeing two weeks earlier making a different kind of choice because it was earlier in the game but game management I don't I don't see what's going on there also on the final drive it was a long shot for Tennessee to win the game because again Tennessee was still in a two possession game but Tennessee continuing to go for a touchdown up until the final play was also the wrong choice that eliminated any shot Tennessee had of winning the game by continuing to go for it instead of when when it was at least, by the time they got to eight seconds left, when Harrison Bailey ran out of bounds, right there they had to kick a field goal. Then you go for the onside kick, and if you get it, you throw a Hail Mary. And I say that because by continuing to go for the touchdown, you are not allowing yourself time to kick an onside kick, get the ball, and run a play to try to win the game. You are running time out of the clock. So that's just not understanding what's going on. And part of the thought, we discussed this on the Sports Source off the air on Sunday, I'm not sure that they really thought that they could win the game. I think they may have just been trying to see, hey, can we score here and get a touchdown on the board with Harrison at quarterback, knowing they, they might need him next week. And we'll get to the quarterback position before the show ends. But those, those kinds of things cost you games. They keep you from winning games, and we are still talking about them, not understanding basic situations, not understanding basic math and how things work out. The third quarter is a disaster for Tennessee, as I mentioned. So I'll move on from the field goal because it is just one decision. Tennessee has been outscored 81-24 to in the third quarter this season. That is in all games. So that includes the first two when Tennessee beat South Carolina and Missouri. Think about this. This is from John Pennington on the Sports Source. He shared this on Sunday. Opponents have had 17 drives in the third quarter this season in six games against Tennessee. Opponents have scored nine touchdowns and kicked five field goals. So in 17 drives by Tennessee's opponents in the third quarter this season, 14 have resulted in scores. There have been 14 scores, two punts, and one turnover. Opponents are averaging 7.3 yards per play against Tennessee in the third quarter. Coming out of the half, when you would think, okay, you regroup, you look at where things have been in the first half, you make adjustments, you coach them up, and you get ready for the next two quarters, which are the most important of the game, you want really good coaching on your side to be able to lead you through that, right? Well, coming out of the half, Tennessee has been getting destroyed. Opponents are putting up 7.3 yards per play on Tennessee's defense in the third quarter this season. That is alarming, and that is with Texas A&M and Florida still on the schedule. And 
Auburn and that offense in a, a couple of weeks, Chad Morrison, Gus Miles on, will probably be able to figure something out as well. There's been a lot of talk about the quarterback play, and it's not been good enough. And the offense has been bad. It has been bad. But the defense has too. And it's especially been bad coming out of the half. And that is a recipe not just to lose, but to lose big. Tennessee has lost four straight games. All four of them have been by double digits. At least this one was less than 21 points. But to Arkansas, a team that hadn't won an SEC game since 2017 entering this year, to then beat Tennessee by 11 points. And think about this. I saw uh, JT, shout out to JT from the zone in Nashville, point out because it, it didn't register with me. Tennessee actually shut out Arkansas in the first, second, and fourth quarters and still lost by 11 points. That is tough to do. So what is it about the third quarter of games? Jeremy Pruitt on that coming up. What about where Tennessee is? What the Arkansas game says about the state of Tennessee's program? Will Overstreet on that coming up a little bit later in the show. And what about the quarterback position? We'll talk about that coming up later on the show as well. Right here on Locked On Vols, today it is presented by Coors Light. And I've told you about Coors Light the last couple of weeks. I'm sure you needed one on Saturday. I tweeted out before the game on Saturday night, what are your predictions for this one? And man, they were kind of sad to read through. This was before the game. And then the second half happened, and they got even worse. So think about sitting down watching the game. Whether it's your favorite team or another team, sometimes you just want to sit back, you want to unwind, you want to relax, you want to reset. You can do that with an ice-cold Coors Light. If you feel like you're constantly on the go and you want to sit back maybe tonight with a game coming up on Monday night, you want to sit back and enjoy the game with an ice-cold beer. How about an ice-cold Coors Light? Remember, Coors Light is cold lagered. It's cold-filtered, and it's cold-packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies from Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. So if you're looking to unwind, how about choosing a Coors Light? If you want to hit the reset button, choose the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what do we make of the third quarter and second half issues that have just been plaguing Tennessee's football team? Coming out of the Kentucky game, it was an issue. And I know at the time, a lot of the talk was, man, Jared Garantano throws those pick sixes and it was deflating for the football team. And at the time, I thought, well, why? Tennessee had scored a touchdown to cut it to 17-7. So coming out of the half, the most recent thing that had happened was Tennessee scoring, not Kentucky. So why did that affect Tennessee so negatively entering the third quarter. And that wasn't the only game where Tennessee had struggled coming out of the third quarter. You had the, the terrible third quarter against Georgia, and that's Georgia, so I guess you could explain it that way. Now it's just, it's been all season that Tennessee has struggled in the third quarter and second halves of these games. So Jeremy Pruitt was asked after the game, hey, why do you think this is such an issue? Why is this a problem? Why do you think you guys are struggling in the third quarter coming out of halftime? Here's what Tennessee's head coach said. Just looking back, obviously, when you have an off week, you go back and do a lot of quality control, right? Just trying to figure out. You know, it seems to me that uh, we've had more penalties in the third quarter. Uh, we've had more turnovers in the third quarter. Um, you know, and then that, that's from an offensive standpoint. And tonight we we got a penalty uh, the first time we got the ball that puts us in, um, I believe it was second and, and 15 or, or second and 
20, one of those two. And then we punt the ball where, you know, it's a fourth and four, fourth and five. You know, we made up the the, the yards to gain, but um, just uh, can't shoot ourselves in the foot there. And, and we've done that several times. Um, and it was a motion penalty. So that's one of the big things. And then tonight you look at it defensively, um, I mean, just – two explosive plays, you know, so um, throwing the ball. They did put it together a really good drive there to start the, the third quarter there, uh, running some hat plays and uh, getting the tight end inside on our backers there. Um, so we'll, we'll have to go back and look at it and, and, and fix it. Are you worried there could be any mental carryover, that they could be tentative coming out of the halftime locker room given what's transpired? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I think one thing that our players know um, – is it we, we have a lot of smart guys right and uh you know when we when we make mistakes they can recognize it um you know they 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 know what it takes to execute um uh, we've done it at times pretty good but we've not done it consistently the entire year uh and that's obviously something that that we've got to we've got to get to if we're going to be able to beat guys in our league Jeremy Pruitt after the game on Saturday. I don't know that that says too much about why Tennessee has had the second half issues that it has this season. Here's one idea that I have. Teams have done a good job, a really good job, at the half of analyzing what's happened in the first two quarters and figuring out where they can better attack Tennessee, and they've done it. Arkansas coming out of the half went right at Tennessee and stopped messing around a little bit. They did again in the fourth quarter, probably because they just knew that they could. Uh, I would have just kept running at Tennessee late in the game. But in the third quarter, Arkansas said, hey, that run is working. Let's keep doing it. That slant pass may not work every time. It's going to work a lot of the time. And they kept doing it at Tennessee's defense. And other teams, you know, Georgia figured out ways that it could attack and take advantage of Tennessee on the offensive side. There is not one reason, and there is not one side of the ball to blame. A lot of the blame has been placed at the quarterback position or on the offensive side. And to be clear, the offense for Tennessee has been abysmal. 13 points against Arkansas. No points in the second half against the Razorbacks on Saturday. Tennessee's not putting enough points on the board for sure. But in this game, this game compared to Kentucky, Tennessee had a 13-0 lead in this one and gave it up. Tennessee's defense fell apart in the third quarter. Tennessee's defense got gashed. Tennessee's defense gave up big plays. Tennessee's defense continued to struggle in the middle of the field at times. There are things that just have not been cleaned up. And Tennessee is not 100% out there on Saturday, but what team is at 100%? Arkansas had to play last week against Texas A&M and got beat up in that game. Tennessee had two weeks to get ready. So not having Elante Taylor is not a good enough reason for that to be the issue that Tennessee faced on Saturday. Eric Gray, by the way, you know a lot of this is not a positive show, for sure. But Eric Gray did his job overall. He carried the ball 31 times. Man, that is a lot. But with Ty Chandler essentially being unavailable, he went out there in the first quarter, had a carry, and then that was it. And he's been dealing with an ankle issue for the last few weeks. So it was the Eric Gray show. Jabari Small played some, had eight carries, but it was Eric Gray having to carry the way, and he did that. So he should be commended but there was only so much you were going to get out of that as well. But on the defensive side, Jeremy Pruitt fired the defensive line coach, Jimmy Brumball. And have you seen a noticeable impact? There was pressure in the fourth quarter when, again, Arkansas was kind of messing around and allowed Tennessee to have a, a chance to go after the quarterback. That was what was really confusing because that could have created a, a real problem for Felipe Franks if he gives the ball up there. But the, the defensive play up front, the play at linebacker, 
there just there aren't many things you can point to and say here's what Tennessee's doing well. There aren't many individual players you can point to and say he's playing really well. I thought overall the offensive line did some good things for Tennessee on Saturday. Trey Smith had a penalty that was costly, but I thought he played well. I saw uh, Cole Kubelik, who was on the sideline for the game, former offensive lineman, and he he talked during the game broadcast about how the offensive line has not lived up to what he expected, but was overall impressed with those guys on Saturday with the play of Trey Smith. And Tennessee just, once Jarrett Garantano went out, we we can talk about that here before we get to state of the program, where things go moving forward. We'll overstreet in the next segment. But the quarterback position, Jarrett Garantano is not a great player, not by any means. But how many times have we talked about why Jarrett's still the guy, why they haven't gone to someone else? And the answer from Jeremy Pruitt has continued to be, Garantano's their best option right now. And that's frustrating. And my point has been, okay, hey, uh, you, you may be frustrated to hear that, but think about what that means. Well, we saw Brian Maurer on Saturday, and boy, did he play poorly. And then Tennessee went to Harrison Bailey, and if you look at his numbers, his numbers are okay because of the checkdowns, because he just would drop it down to the running back as the opportunity was there. He had the two picks, one on the fourth down play, and then one just trying to force it in the end zone. I don't think that really says much about him either because of the spot that he was in. But the staff has made it clear they haven't had confidence in Harrison Bailey to this point. Let's see if that changes. He may have to play this week. But Brian Maurer has been the number two. He looked terrible on Saturday. JT Shrout was the number two earlier in the season. He went in against Kentucky and just wasn't ready to play. And at some point, that comes back to the coaching staff. With all the quarterbacks they have and the preparation and the development and the performance it just, it just hasn't been there. So Garantano, he was missed when he went out. Does Tennessee win if he doesn't get injured? He had the head injury when he went flying in the air and, and got hit late on that play. Does Tennessee win with him? I don't know. Uh, I mean, the way things were going in that quarter, it's it's really difficult to sit here and say yes. They would have had a better chance with Garantano with, than with Maurer. There's no argument there. So that that's why. We saw on Saturday. We at least saw a reminder on Saturday of why Garantano has has continued to be the quarterback, but also something is true. Tennessee needs to continue to improve that position, whether it's Garantano coming back, whether it's, if he can't play this week, I'm going with Bailey. I I saw enough from Maurer. I would spend this week getting Bailey ready to play. And if he performs well in practice, I'd probably play him against Texas A&M. If there are concerns and Garantano is available, then I'm definitely playing Garantano. But again, we saw on Saturday why Jarrett has continued to be the starting quarterback. And at some point, you're probably going to see him again. But quarterback play overall, whether it's Jared or the other guys, it has to improve. And that's the coaching staff's job. They just haven't done a good enough job of that. And by the way, on Saturday, Michael Penix Jr., a former Tennessee commit, who I think would have come here with Jeremy Pruitt if if Pruitt had stuck with the offer that Butch Jones had extended, he lit up Michigan on Saturday. And I know a lot of Tennessee fans saw that too. So we'll come back and look at What does Saturday night say about where Tennessee is, where Tennessee is moving forward? Will Overstreet on that, and I'll share my thoughts as well. Coming up here on a Monday after another brutal loss for Tennessee, right here on Locked on Vols. And today it's also presented by Built Bar. I received two boxes the other day, received salted caramel and caramel brownie. I had the salted caramel on Saturday afternoon. Love it. I'm going to have one today in the middle of the day. I can promise you that. Built Bars are awesome. They have a ton of different flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, and they have a bunch of flavors. Peanut butter brownie is still probably my favorite. Love the salted caramel that I had the other day. Double chocolate, uh, coconut almond, mint brownie, all kinds of flavors for you to choose from. 
And when you go to BuiltBar.com, check out the nutritional information. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, Built Bars are a great option. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, like the Coconut Almond Bar, 18 grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs from Built Bar. And when you go to the website, remember to use promo code LOCKEDON. This is at BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off when you go to builtbar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I mentioned the Sports Source earlier in the show. Check it out each Sunday morning on WATE at 11 a.m. I have a good time doing that show with John Pennington and all the other guests that were on there. And each Sunday during the football season, Will Overstreet is on there. The former Tennessee defensive lineman played in the NFL, won a national championship with Tennessee. On Sunday, he talked about what Saturday night said, Arkansas getting that win, getting that win so impressively, coming back in the second half and controlling that game. Listen to what Will Overstreet said here about Tennessee versus Arkansas and what it said. It's a pure and simple picture of two different programs going in two different directions. Sam Pittman brought his hogs, Pruitt brought slop. That's a pure way to see it. And when you look at this game, that's all anybody's going to remember. They're going to remember first-year coach, third-year coach, one of them had zero talent. One of them has a bunch of five stars. Been doing recruiting, supposedly pretty good. And what do you see on the field? You see one program that looks remar- remarkably better. And in a team in a game that I guarantee if you played this game 10 times, the Vols might win two. That other team is that much better than you right now. And so when you look at that, it, all, it says what it, you don't have to write the obituary of what's happening right now. It's there. It's for everybody to see. There's no way to run from it. That was Will Overstreet on the Sports Source on Sunday, putting it plainly right there. And Tennessee has Texas A&M coming up this week. The Aggies opened as about 12.5-point favorites against Tennessee. You have Auburn on the road in two weeks. Florida at the end of the season. Florida, which just put up a bunch of points against Georgia on Saturday. How do you think that game's going to go? It could get even worse as this season goes along. And that's what I think is scary. And what Will pointed out there, Arkansas, which came into this season in a terrible spot as a program, is already showing signs of life. And who knows what it means long term. But Sam Pittman, in his first year with a pandemic and not being able to go through a full spring and not being able to have a normal offseason, has Arkansas at 3-3. Three and three. And they could be 4-2 and two if not for the officiating in that Auburn game a few weeks ago. But 3-3 three and three is Arkansas's record. Tennessee is two and four and Tennessee with a roster that I'm just I'm going to continue to say it's a better roster than what Arkansas has. I don't think it's a, a real comparison and Arkansas looked like it was clearly the better team by the end of the game. The first half Tennessee was the better team and Tennessee was favored for a reason. Fat Jack came on sports 180 on Thursday and said, hey, Vegas is telling you Tennessee's the better team. Tennessee should win this game. And I pointed out last week, I think Tennessee should win. I think Tennessee has advantages, but did Tennessee have a coaching advantage on Saturday? How could you possibly say yes? And on Friday's show, at the end of it, when I made my pick, I said, 
A couple weeks ago, Jeremy Pruitt said that Tennessee is closing the gap with the big programs in the SEC. And it was something that you could for sure argue because Tennessee is overall recruited pretty well and Tennessee has shown signs of improvement. Tennessee beat South Carolina and Missouri earlier in the season. But how can you come out of the Arkansas game with Tennessee losing by 11 points to the Razorbacks, with Tennessee sitting there now with four straight losses? How can anyone right now make the case that Tennessee is closing the gap with the big programs in the SEC. We shouldn't even be talking about the big programs in the SEC. Tennessee lost to Kentucky and Arkansas in two of the last three games by a combined 38 points. There is no comparison right now between Tennessee and Alabama or Georgia and Florida. The gap is so wide, how can you even tell if it is closing? Forget about those programs. Tennessee is back in the conversation we had last year saying the Vols need to show that they can consistently beat the middle of the pack and the lower tier programs in the SEC because right now those teams are kind of beating up on Tennessee. There's four games remaining in this season and there is still time for Tennessee to improve and there is still a chance for Tennessee to turn things around. But I can't point to anything to create confidence that that's going to happen. If there's one reason to have some hope, Maybe it would be that the highly touted freshman quarterback, Harrison Bailey, really is the real deal and that he's ready to go and that the coaches just missed it. The coaches who, to this point, have not had a lot of confidence in him being the guy. But I also think the problems go beyond just that position. And this week, Tennessee's going to need to score some points, most likely. And against Florida, Tennessee's going to need to score some points. And against Auburn, they should at least prepare to have to go on the road and put up a, a good amount of points. And I don't see that right now. And the season is not over. We'll spend some time this week talking about what Tennessee needs to do to be competitive against Texas A&M. And the Vols did only open up as 12 to 13 point underdogs, not 30 point underdogs. Although I think a fair amount of people on Sunday said, I would take this up to 30. And Chuck Cavallera said his line on the sports source at 22 and a half. Good luck finding confidence in the Vols right now. So we'll see how the players respond. But also with Tennessee's program, there's going to be a lot of questions about the future of Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee and this coaching staff and what it's doing and what the implications will be for recruiting. The hot seat talk surrounding Jeremy Pruitt, it's going to be there, whether we're talking short-term or long-term, but that's going to make its way to the recruiting trail. Prospects are going to hear it, and that's something new that Jeremy Pruitt is going to have to deal with. It is not a good time for Tennessee football right now, but we'll continue to talk about it. Tennessee basketball, here's something that's positive. Tennessee basketball is now 16 days away from tipping off. I'll get some basketball talk in this week as well because you could probably use something positive as a Tennessee fan. Brian sent me a tweet on Saturday night. Brian's a, a loyal listener to Locked On Vols, which I appreciate. Brian, thanks for the message. But he said the worst part of his week is watching Tennessee football. That's rough. And I know that there are other Tennessee fans that feel that way as well. So we'll see what Tennessee does next. We'll talk about it. I'll get to it on tomorrow's show. We'll hear from Jeremy Pruitt on Monday and see what he has to say about where things are with Tennessee moving forward. We should get some kind of update on the quarterback position too. So I will have that for you on tomorrow's show. Locked on Vols today presented by BuiltBar.com. Remember to use promo code Locked On to get 20% off. Thanks so much for hanging out today. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Vaults.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.